welcome to the Vacation Impossible podcast for Saturday, October 14th. 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 We just got past Friday the 13th. Uh, and so, yeah, in, in this episode, we're talking about our return to Portland Retro Gaming Expo. We're going to cover which Carnival cruise ships have teppanyaki. Uh, that's a question that Sam requested. And a whole lot more. <laughs> So yeah, we're recording this in Teagard, Tigard, Tigard. I don't know how to say this place. It's just south of um, Portland. I've, I've always thought it was Tigard or Teagard. And then my friends who live in Portland or Beaverton, they say it's Tigard. Yeah, we don't so, know. Uh, I've I heard was... it both ways. Yeah, I was I was uh, joking that I was going to ask the uh, check-in uh, person here at this Hampton Inn how to say it, but then she was kind of like super unfriendly. She was pretty standoffish. Like yeah. it was it was actually kind of weird because I'm currently diamond status. I don't think I'm gonna be able to keep it, but I have it now. And so you're supposed to be able to get like um, you can select in the app. There's the My Way benefits. You can either get bonus points or like a snack and free water bottles. And I chose snack and free water bottles. Those weren't offered at any point, but she was so standoffish and like unfriendly that like she actually used profound during the interaction she yeah. swore at her computer with actual swear words and I was like and, and that was before we did much of anything I just gave her my name and so I was just yeah. like okay like this person seems to be having a night but we've stayed here once before we and do I think she was the night manager too yeah I think so sorry miss or mrs. cook <laughs> but yeah it was just kind of weird uh, she doesn't seem to like her job but you know in the current climate it's hard to find good staff so it's like are you gonna have somebody who maybe doesn't like their job or are you gonna have nobody <laughs> and so part of me kind of like wanted to you know I, I, I did write like a review on on Google Maps and I mentioned that but part of me is like not too fussed about it because there might not be alternatives like yeah. they might have trouble hiring i don't know so i mean that's not that's not great but otherwise the hotel's pretty nice hot tub yeah. pool room's pretty Clean. spacious parking's relatively easy so yeah. yeah no it's pretty good and the hilton app lets you also control the tv and i think it's supposed to let you control the temperature and the lights as well but i couldn't get that part to work yeah. but it was still kind of cool controlling the tv from my phone so i like that uh, now, question for you. Since you didn't get your goodie bags and you're supposed to get either bonus points or goodie bags, mm -hmm. are you able to contact Hilton and be like, hey, I didn't get my goodie bag. Can you give me my, my bonus points instead? Yeah, I might do that. I'm thinking about it. I've been giving it some thought because, yeah, it's not a lot of points, 250 points, which in the grand scheme of things is not a lot when you consider how many points yeah. you need to redeem to get a free room, which is normally what we like to use our points for, either that or a discount. Yeah, I might consider following up. Don't like being difficult, but at the same time, I should probably get what I'm due and they should probably know if one of their staff is kind of like swearing at guests yeah no, <laughs> she didn't swear at us she swore in our presence she swore at the computer but i feel like maybe someone should know <laughs> yeah and you i mean you being you you're gonna present it in a way that you're just providing like positive feedback right so that's what i'll yeah i, I think i definitely try to try to do that this way so anyways yeah that's sort of the, the hotel we're at today uh yesterday we were in olympia and another hampton inn that day one before yesterday Oh yeah, day before yesterday. And that one was pretty good. Yeah. That was nice. We didn't have time to enjoy the pool because there's just other stuff going on. But yeah, that one's pretty good. So we did a room tour video for that that'll be on our YouTube channel. So if you're not following us on YouTube, it's youtube.com slash vacationimpossible for our various adventures and room tours. Mm -hmm. This is our return to Portland Retro Gaming Expo. The last time we were here is, at least for me, 2019. And we... The event came back last year. Yeah. But we weren't able to attend because we had had tickets to see Pet Shop Boys in New Order in 2020, which got pushed back twice. Yeah. And so it ended up being the same weekend as Portland Retro Gaming Expo last year was the same weekend we had that concert. Yeah, it would have so. been the Sunday. Like we, it, the, the concert was on a Sunday. Mm -hmm. And so we would have had to have driven back from Portland to uh, Vancouver and then go to the concert. And there's no way I was physically capable of doing that. Well, even just like being at the convention today, I am very tired right now. This is probably going to be a shorter episode. Mm -hmm. uh, this isn't going to be one of our like two, two and a half hour episodes. So I'm thinking like 45 to 90 minutes, mm -hmm. partly because I'm just knackered. But it was nice getting back to Portland Retro Gaming Expo. Yeah. I've gone to ECCC this year as well. So I was able to return to that. Now, that's Emerald City Comic Con, which is basically Comic Con in Seattle. And I used to go to that years ago, but then it got so big that it would sell out of tickets before it had announced a single guest. Yeah. And that just didn't kind of work for me. I mean, yeah, it was always a good time, but like buying a ticket with no information about the specifics like there's certain you know things at comic-con that i enjoy but like i'm not into comics but i'm into like sci-fi and you know i like a marvel movie as much as the next guy and some other things and so i wasn't comfortable buying that kind of expensive ticket committing to that without having any earthly idea who was going to be there yeah exactly i think that took some damage as a result of the pandemic and so now they are having to announce guests before selling out again yeah. and so that was what we did and so you have know, to meet like david Tennant. And 
stuff, and that was amazing. But I still prefer Portland Retro Gaming Expo, as amazing as as Comic-Con is, and seeing sort of the bigger name, you know, the actors and stuff like that. And that is pretty amazing. I had a lot of fun at the Scream panel where I was giving uh, Skeet Ulrich a hard time. Yeah. Uh, so that was great. Uh, as well as, uh, you know, pushing for hackers too <laughs> with Matthew Lillard. And so he, he seemed oddly open to it. He said there's been discussion, so hackers too could be coming. And so, like, I kind of felt like I was breaking news there. And I was like, and then this kind of like before Twitter became Twitter X and kind of crazy, but I was like, who do we need to tweet at to make this happen? And he's like, just everyone, tweet the world. <laughs> and I retroactively, I missed a really good opportunity there to say hack the planet or tweet the planet. Right. So, like, but that was that interaction was pretty good. I think I, I held my own uh, for basically trolling the two of them, uh, and and Skeet. I was asking for uh, a sequel to a movie he had done with Cuba Gooding Jr. that nobody even remembers. Uh, like, do you even remember the name? Oh, I can picture the tra- the movie poster in my head, but I, it's a two word title, isn't it? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What is it? Oh no, I'm I'm, I'm actually blanking on it. So oh. I asked you. <laughs> I was trying to buy myself time. Uh, chill factor. Chill yeah, factor. chill factor. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, and so that was the gag. I was like, uh, I asked Matthew Alert. I was like, because his character in Hackers was called Serial Killer. So I said, Mister Serial Killer, sir, what is it going to take to get Hackers? Too. He's like, Oh, there's been discussions. And so I was like, Who do we need to tweet? Tweet the world. And then I was like, Okay. But the thing was, and the instructions they gave for that panel was, your question needs to be for everyone. And my question that I had planned as soon as I heard he was attending the event <laughs> was just for him. And so I was like, okay, I need to kind of like meet the Tied surprise in. rules. And so that's when I that's when I just like went to Skeet. I'm like, Skeet, same question, chill factor two. And everyone had a big laugh about that. And without getting into the whole issue about Cuba Gooding Jr. So it was nice. It, it stayed positive. And yeah. so that was kind of cool. But I, I like Portland Retro Gaming Expo a little bit more just because it's so much more relaxed. Yeah. Well, it's also like more your vibe and it's more the stuff you're interested in. And yeah, it's much more chill. And for me, it's got the Tetris World, uh, classic Tetris World Championship. So that's... That's what the C at the beginning was. I was trying to remember what the acronym is. CTWC. <laughs> yeah, I, I was like, what's the first C? Who's sponsoring this? Coleco? No, that doesn't make no sense. No, they have, they have, <laughs> they have a ton of sponsors this year. They actually even have like candy now. And, and like you, there's a whole bunch of different merch you can buy. There's plushes you can buy. Do they, do they have candy shaped like Tetrominos? Yes. Oh, I would have liked to try a Tetromino. Oh, I mean, we still have a pass for tomorrow if we yeah. want to pop in. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll see about that. Yeah, it was, it, yeah, it's a lot of fun. And also, yeah, I mean, the thing is, is that I do get like a lot of the cosplayers, like, you know, okay, there's like, you know, Just Rabbit and there's like, you know, all the different Final Fantasy characters and stuff like that. Whereas at Comic-Con, like my percentage of cosplay identification is about 15%, I figure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, okay, I got the Star Trek and the Star Wars, but like, I don't understand all these other things. And like, yeah. Yeah, um, though I did, I, I saw a Jessica Rabbit woman and, and mm-hmm. her costume was amazing. Yeah, yeah, um, that was, that was Though so I was like, I'm just like, but how's this tying into retro games? So I'm like, oh yeah, I guess there was a, a who framed Roger Rabbit video game, wasn't there? And On the NES. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so I had to like, I had to like really dig deep though. That's a bit of a deep Deep cut like not a lot of people played that game i don't think not a lot of people played it but it uh angry video game nerd uh james rolf with cinema massacre did review it relatively early on in his run and if memory serves there was a thing in the game where there's a phone number you could call for help mm-hmm. and that number did not stay active for long and was repurposed by a phone sex line if i'm not mistaken whoopsie uh and so there's kind of funny given the jessica rabbit angle a little bit yeah and also it was notorious for having a really bad um overhead uh driving uh levels where it was super slippery and so like the mechanic was really difficult mm. uh hence why the angry video game nerd was angry at that video game so yeah it's a, it's a little bit notorious but yeah it's a yeah i mean it, it's it's yeah, tangential, but it, it you know it's not it's not like you know Mario Brothers everywhere and yeah, Princess yeah. Peach everywhere. It's not quite as but no, I, I really yeah, it's not as that. ubiquitous and stuff like that. I actually meant to go to, uh, catch up to where you're like okay, I need to figure out how you put your costume together because I've been wanting to do the Jessica Rabbit costume for Halloween for a couple of years now, and so. Well, if you know, contact us uh, on Twitter X. We are at Vacate Impossible. Uh, and everywhere else, we're Vacation Impossible. Instagram, Facebook, et cetera, et cetera. But also, I'm sure there's probably tutorials out there oh, somewhere. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure cosplayers have you know, made YouTube videos or something. So sure. we can look into that. But uh, yeah, and so I do like how laid back it is. It's less go, go, go. I don't feel the pressure, partly because of the lower ticket price and the fact that I'm able to attend it pretty much every year. I don't feel the pressure that I have to go and do absolutely everything. Mm-hmm. And the number of things that's like timed events that I feel I need to do or few like I went to the angry video game nerd panel I went to the CU podcast panel and that was about it for like things I needed to be at a specific place at a specific time for except of course the Rex Viper concert on Friday night which was kind of awesome yeah um you know they've only been a band since 2019 
Oh, wow. Yeah. And they only have like six songs, basically. Right. And that's why towards the end, they did things like Stan Bush's The Touch. Yeah. And Fight for Your Right to Party by Beastie Boys, because like they didn't have any of their other, like they did their whole repertoire. And then they did like, you know, two, two additional songs that were just straight up surprise covers. Okay. Um, not originals. So that was pretty cool. Like one of, the, one of the songs that I like is they have Eye of the Tiger Electronics. Yeah. And so what they do is they take Eye of the Tiger and it's sort of a medley with some of the background music from Mega Man 2, which is awesome. And they also do a really good Power of Love cover. But yeah. it was it was really like, I was there for the Eye of the Tiger Electronics and yeah, it did not disappoint. But it was interesting because right before that song, James Rolfe, who is uh, on one of the guitars, he lost the eight string. Mm-hmm. And I guess apparently that was important to that song. Uh, and so he just kind of muddled through without it, but it sounded great. So I didn't I mean, notice. from where I was sitting, you couldn't notice, but I was also not really thinking. By that point, you were over back My at focus Tetris. focus on Tetris. Yeah, yeah, you were back at Tetris. So, so of course, yeah. I left right before they played Power of Glove. And I was like, oh, that's one I like. Yeah, well, and it's funny because I've seen Huey Lewis and the News perform it out at the PE in Vancouver. And so I've now seen this song performed by two different bands. So that was kind of cool. Uh, so that was fun. And yeah, and the, and, and the nice thing about Portland Retro Gaming Expo is, and I know we're at like a travel podcast, so like, don't worry, we're going to talk cruises in a minute. Don't worry, we'll get to it. But we do have a multitude of interests. And, and so it's actually like one of the largest retro gaming conventions in, in the world. I thought it was uh, the largest. It's definitely the largest in North America. Oh, okay. Is it the world? Probably. But, you know, feel free to fact check me on that. There might be some giant thing in Germany or something. I don't know. There's always some giant thing in Germany. Like, I know Star Trek there is. <laughs> uh, and so it's just often like... Asterix is it North America or the world but it's a big one it, it's an important one because it's often where things are announced it's where yeah. the Intellivision Amico is announced which we will not get into and that's a bad bad example but yeah and actually conventions are often where things are announced like it was at ECCC that Will Wheaton announced his uh, tabletop gaming YouTube series yeah. which I didn't even understand what he was talking about when he announced it because I wasn't into it at the time but I got into it fast let me tell you because that was amazing and so yeah there's like I think New York Comic Con's coming up and like the the Star Trek universe is set to apparently announce important things there. So uh, conventions are often... <laughs> yeah, that'd be nice. Uh, and so conventions are often like important for that or like that's where certain things sometimes get unearthed or important auctions take place where something is in the public eye for the first time. So an example was uh, a few years ago, I think it was like one of the purges Portland Retro Gaming Expos we attended, someone had got a copy of SimCity that was designed for the NES. It was like the, the design cart, the testing cart. Mm. And so they put it up for sale, but they also dumped the ROM. And so it was like this, because SimCity was only on the Super Nintendo. Right. Uh, so this is the 8-bit equivalent that they had been co-developing, but they had uh, they had dropped because they were like, it's not going to make sense to sell it for the old console. The NES wasn't selling new games very well at that point. Uh, and so like that's kind of a cool video game history kind of thing that came out. And it was at Portland that that happened. So if there's any like big like things like that, like a big discovery, it often is at Portland. And so one cool thing is Portland, I don't think, ever sells out. And so if you want to go, you want to go on a whim last minute, it's chill. You can. It doesn't have to be a big deal. And I like that. Yeah, we had friends that just wound up joining us last minute. And so, like, you know, my friend Jess bought um, our bought Mike's ticket and uh, who couldn't, unfortunately couldn't make it. Um, and then her husband just bought a ticket for today. Um, and that was, like, totally not a problem. Yeah, yeah. And so it was a lot of fun. Uh, so yeah, I do. If you have any interest in retro games, Portland Retro Gaming Expo is awesome. It's yeah. the place to be. Uh, and hopefully we'll be back again uh, in future years. Uh, as far as future travel plans right now, because uh, we always cover that, uh, in our personal lives, we had a bit of a tectonic shift with our housing situation. So we kind of have a big hole in our budget right now. Yeah. So we're having to cut back on our travel by quite a bit. Uh, so after this... We have uh, the Carnival Forens, Forense, I don't know if I'm saying that right, um, a, a four-day sailing out of Long Beach booked for January of 2025. And I think that's about it after that's, this. That's, that's currently on the books. Yeah. Um, so if you want more podcasts, uh, more YouTube videos, more content from us, uh, there's a lot of different ways you could support us and hopefully then we can uh, get back to traveling more that we're used to. Uh, and so we do have a Patreon where uh, you can support us for as little as a dollar a month, patreon.com slash vacation impossible, or just going ahead and watching our YouTube videos, things like that, uh, is really helpful in terms of us kind of growing this and keeping at it, uh, even though we have like basically new large financial responsibilities is going to be cutting into our travel budget so yeah. uh anything that anyone wants to do to support us and you know share our podcast or youtube videos with people um is awesome 
so on to some uh, topics here. We actually had a topic suggested by Sam. Uh, Sam has suggested a few topics recently, which is interesting. So I'm going to kind of like ration them out. Uh, so for today's episode, the Sam topic is, which Carnival cruise ships have bonsai teppanyaki? So this is a hibachi-style Japanese restaurant. I say Japanese, though, but you can get steak that will blow your frickin' mind. Oh, dude, the Japanese make really good steak. Uh, sure, but I think when you say, like, Japanese food to a lot of people, I mean, they're thinking sushi. They're thinking, you know, uh, all sorts of, you know, different things. Um, I, I don't know that uh, steak comes to mind. Fair it didn't, for me, top of list. Fair enough, fair uh, enough. But when I go to Teppanyaki, I, I get I get the steak, and it's kind of amazing. And you, you can get combos. Yeah. Uh, and so I think you can do, like, I think it's teriyaki chicken and, and filet mignon. That's what I do as my combo. Yeah. Um, and it's fantastic every time I've done it. Uh, so we do strongly recommend it. Uh, as things are shifting in the cruising world, return to cruising, you know, prices of cruises, I, I hear went up like 42% or something, according to one article. And that hurts. <laughs> My voice gets higher. And the cost gets higher. Uh, and like that makes it challenging to go cruising more often because we're not big gamblers. We don't get the casino deals like some people do. Uh, you know, Mike does a little bit, but his discount like is corresponding to how, mo- how much he gambles, which isn't very much. Yeah. And he tends to win. I don't know if that's a factor. <laughs> so he'll get, we'll get like a five to 15% discount with Mike, but like, it's not huge. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, we like try to take advantage of like website glitches when we catch them and things like that. We try to travel in the off season, but, um, so one of the things that's happened is the, the, the steakhouse price has gone up and the service and quality has kind of gone down in my opinion. The steaks seem smaller, lower quality cut, but more importantly, the big dessert at your table is gone. Oh, wow. The art at your table where they used to put a big lucite slab down and they would design something that is gone. Right. Um, and so uh, also the big chest of salts is gone. Uh, which oh, was so the ridiculous. Silliest... so awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's the silliest thing. It's like theater basically. It's like the guy comes out and it's almost like you expect it to be a briefcase that's like handcuffed to his hand or something. But it's like this wooden chest of salts and there's like 36 salts inside. Six, and, but still, yeah. Well, there was like multiple rows, yeah. I recall. Uh, there, there was, was like, like two rows of three, but still. Okay. I th- I, I, my memory has it much larger. Because you were just like, I'll just take... I was overwhelmed. I'm I good. was overwhelmed. <laughs> I was like, do I want to try pink Himalayan? No, I'm just going to get my sea salt. Uh, and so, um, but anyways, like that was kind of like, it was flash and it was cool. And it was fun. It was an event. Uh, but now the price is so high. It's the kind of price you'd expect to pay for a steak in a normal restaurant. But you've already paid so much to get onto the cruise. It hardly feels like a deal. Yeah. Uh, and so that kind of sucks. Um, and I like, I kind of get the better experience on land. So I'll just do that when I'm on land. I don't want to waste my valuable cruise time necessarily um, on an experience I can have on land. Yeah. Uh, and so teppanyaki, uh, it's like Benihana, and so it's a performance as well as food, but it's it's more cost effective than the than the steakhouse, and you get more food, and it's of, in my opinion, a higher quality, particularly like even the fillet. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Sam wanted us to check which ships can you get teppanyaki on, because when people ask me in our Facebook group, VIFB Club members. Uh, and I always say, like, you know, what specialty restaurant? I'm like, teppanyaki, teppanyaki, teppanyaki. But if you're on, like, a fantasy class, that's not an option. The ship's too small. They don't mm-hmm. have it. So here's the full list of what ships have teppanyaki. The Carnival Celebration uh, that I've been on, and we have a video on our YouTube channel of that teppanyaki. freaking amazing. Uh, so that pretty new XL-class ship. The Firenze is going to have it. So uh, when we go, we can do teppanyaki. Um, because even if like even if we don't have the money for it, I make it happen. Because <laughs> I love teppanyaki; it's my new obsession. Uh, the Carnival Horizon, which is Vista class, I believe. Uh, the Carnival Jubilee, which is also XL class. The Mardi Gras, which was the first of the XL class. Uh, the Panorama, which we've done and we have a video, mm-hmm. uh, so Vista class there. And the Venezia, which I was on last, and of course we have a video of that teppanyaki as well uh, on so our So basically all the Vista classes and newer ships? Or? Not really, because the Vista's not listed here, oh, I noticed. Interesting. Uh, but all the XL classes uh, and most of the Vista class, because uh, okay. the Vista's missing. But yeah, the Venezia is Vista class, and I think Frenze will be as well. Uh, so, assuming I'm saying that at all correctly, uh, so if you're sailing on any of those ships, uh, what is that? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven ships on any of those seven ships, uh, teppanyaki, yes. And you're probably going to want to book it soon because that stuff 
books up. Yeah. Like I think two of the three times I've done it, I had to do it at 9 p.m. because it was the on, on one particular day because it was the only booking that was available. You know, like we finished the muster station drill and we go into the app and we're like, oh, there's only one chance. I think the celebration had more just because it was the transatlantic sailing and there were a lot of food and different restaurant options on yeah. that ship uh, versus the Vista class, which was smaller. So even on uh, the Venetia, I think we didn't have a lot of options. Yeah, well, I think for the visit class, you basically had the steakhouse, you had the bonsai, and they got chibang, and that's and the Italian. Uh, on Vista? Yeah. I don't think Chibang's on Yeah, Chibang, yeah, you're right. No, that's oh, that's only an XL on class. XL class. So you have three specialty restaurants to choose from. Something like that. I mean, it's like chef's, chef's table, table yeah. which we've never done. Uh, and that's, I think, a much more substantial cost than the range we're talking yeah. about with Steakhouse and, and Teppanyaki. So anyways, highly recommend Teppanyaki. And so, yeah, I do recommend booking it like right away, maybe even before getting on the ship. Like when it comes to the spa, I say don't book in advance. We've got a video about our horror story we had on that, on the Carnival Dream. Uh, and all the problems with that process. But partly because with the spas on the cruise ships, they vary drastically from ship to ship to ship. Yeah. And so it's good to go on that first day to take the tour and get the vibe. It's a vibe check. It's also an For opportunity sure. to win some free services, apparently. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, and I think you get like five minutes oh, of greatly like... greatly discounted services or whatever, yeah. Yeah, and so you get... And I think you get like a five-minute like tiddly back massage or something. I haven't done it. Mm -hmm. But that's my recommendation is if for spa services... Wait until you're on the ship, go on the tour on the first day, enter the contest, and then decide if you want to. Because one of the big problems also is, because like the vibe check, what are we talking about? Some of them are incredibly pushy. Yeah. And in our video, we explain how they're a separate company and how there's flaws with the online pre-booking process and all sorts of things where you like really run the dice of getting double charged. And in our Facebook group, we've been hearing a lot of reports of that still happening to this day, yeah. years later. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so they haven't fixed it. I'm not yeah, sure so how seriously they take it at someone all. Someone posted point. about that just like a couple of weeks ago, how it's like a huge, like yeah. worse than what we experienced basically. And I was mm -hmm. like, oh my goodness gracious. Yeah, so the spas are kind of problematic. But Teppanyaki, I've had it on three of the seven ships now that offer it, and it is consistently fantastic every time and consistently a good deal. Mm -hmm. So with that, I think strong recommend you can book with reckless abandon go ahead and book in advance if that makes sense for you go for it because also i mean only seven ships and those bookings fill up so you want to grab that opportunity when you can and so you know you could say oh like oh i can get it next time but what ship are you on next time is it going to get filled up if you see that spot i say take it you won't regret it yep okay well let's let's cover a controversial topic shall we Ooh. <laughs> okay so here's 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 my question um, what is worse when you are in, say, um, like a hot tub or the Serenity area? Okay. Is it screaming kids running around? Oh gosh. <laughs> or what could be called the woo girls or the college crowd or the drinking crowd, the drunks, whatever you want to call it. What do you think is worse? The kids running around screaming or the, the woo crowd? I'm, I'm going to call them like, you could also call them the spring break crowd the or the booze. You think they're worse? Yeah. And why is that? Because they're adults, so they know how to temper their reactions and how to temper their their excitement okay. uh, because they have come to an age where they should know how to do that. Um, whereas children, they are kids. Kids are going to be kids and they're going to, I mean, you have fun, do the woo, whatever, right? But like with kids, I mean, they're likely not yet at an age where they know how to temper themselves and and so they're just and it could be a very new thing for them this is the first time that they're on and this is exciting this is different this is strange this is fascinating and it's like everything is exciting everything is big everything is huge everything's first time everything's first time exactly and with with woo girls i mean yeah it might be new and fascinating exciting and for them as well and that's but it's just i think you know adults i mean i'm not saying don't have fun as an adult but i'm saying you know not everyone wants to be part of your party or party the way you party or party the way you party like i'll party i'll have fun i'll mm -hmm. join in on the wooing for sure yeah. like, because uh, also like every now and then we'll get a comment on a, a video or in our facebook we'll be like oh you must be a lot of fun at parties i'm like yeah as a matter of fact <laughs> actually a blast <laughs> yeah just because we just, just we don't agree with you on this issue doesn't mean we're not fun at parties <laughs> yeah <laughs> but that's interesting because what you're talking about is sort of like responsibility and their thought process mm -hmm. And so that's interesting because I guess that then it bothers you on like a moral level rather than like who's louder. Yeah. So that's interesting because it, because I was thinking about this question 
Um, and I think I kind of came up with the question, although it sort of comes up in our Facebook group from time to time. Oh, but I was thinking about like, what has the worst impact on me? Um, what, cause like, yeah, there's the thing about like, oh, they should know better, but whether someone should know better or not doesn't change its impact on me necessarily. True. Um, like I could be out there and just reading the decibels of sound and like, that's how we could math it if we wanted to. I mean, that's louder. Yeah. Um, and that'd be a sample size of way too small to be conclusive, but it, it was interesting. So I was thinking about it. It's like kids splash. The adults don't tend to splash so much. Um, the splashing is annoying and like and I'm not saying it's the kids aren't annoying uh, like because I'm not saying that's I mean and not all kids and not, not all kids we're talking about the ones not. who like, aren't behaving the, well you know yeah the ones that are just tearing up the place right like um, either audibly or you know speed wise or whatever like how it is that they're doing it I'm not saying it's not annoying I'm not saying I'm not going to kind of you know, grumble a little bit um, but I think it sets my teeth on edge more when it's a bunch of grown adults just kind of basically deciding that it's a frat party it's kind of like the mosh pit yesterday okay yeah like the mosh pit etiquette is like if you're in if you are in a mosh pit but you're not participating in the mosh pit stuff and you get hurt in the mosh pit then well that's on you um but if you are not in a mosh pit uh you're like you're on the periphery you're you're on the periphery whatever or or someone has just invented a mosh pit like yesterday and the stranger suddenly starts and they start body checking you then that's like that's not okay there's an there's etiquette right and so i think it's kind of the same thing like i don't like let me decide how i'm going to party you know Um, freedom and and, you know like if i like i may want to party with you i may want to you know do all that stuff with you but like kind of let me decide i like that whereas kids i mean it's 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 different for them right Mm -hmm. and so and yeah so i I think i think for me i think kids get a little bit more of a pass i'm not gonna be any not necessarily any less annoyed but i'm gonna be more willing to give the kids a pass and i'm to give the adults a pass so it's interesting. So if like your way of partying is different from someone else's and theirs is so intrusive that it impedes yours, you find yourself possibly in a situation where you may in fact have to fight for your right to party. <laughs> with, a, yeah. with apologies to Beastie Boys. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I can move, I can go somewhere else, whatever, but like, yeah. why should I have to? Yeah, that's fair. You know, they can move too, right? Like, can move. You know, they can move to like, especially, I mean, if it's, if it, I think it's like, if you're on like the main Lido area, like, mm-hmm. I mean, listen, you're just going to have to deal with it. Like the woo girls and the smokers and the, no, yeah. the children no, screaming and thing. all sorts of <laughs> Like, you know what? Like that's, you put, you put yourself in the mosh pit. Yeah. You know, and so, you know, whatever, I, whatever the outcome is that mm-hmm. you put yourself in that mosh pit. Yeah. Um, so that one's on you. But if you're at the serenity deck, you kind of, the expectation is yeah. that things are going to be maybe a little bit quieter, a little bit more serene. <laughs> yeah. There's going to be some, there's, the there's going to be people having a good time. There's going to be people yeah. like laughing and having, and you know, maybe even partying and like, and that's all fine, but it's not going to be like this crazy melee that it is at a, on the Lido. Right. Um, so you're not in the mosh pit. Yeah, no, that's an interesting metaphor. And when I was thinking about this question, I was thinking about like, should I restrict the question to just the Serenity deck? But here's the problem: I've never seen kids. I've never in the Serenity deck. I or like if they are, they're passing through. They're with their parents or something. Yeah. They popped out of the wrong door after getting out of the elevator or something. And yeah. like, and it's not like it's this. It's not like going into a casino or something, uh, or accidentally ending up in like a strip club or something. You're not seeing debauchery or like gambling exactly. or whatever other you know people might consider to be like you know morally corrupting the children. Well, someone think of the children it's just that like oh wait a minute this isn't where i'm supposed to be and yeah. so it's not like it's not like a huge deal yeah it doesn't um, it doesn't bother me when I, I i've never aside from yeah like when i see the kids just kind of passing through it's never once bothered me i've never yeah. once seen kids actually hanging out on the little deck or running around screaming or splashing or, or anything serenity yeah yeah, yeah on serenity yeah. and so yeah i mean and that's the thing so if i made the question just on serenity what's worst well it well the worst Obviously. thing can't be the thing that doesn't happen exactly at least i'm my personal experience and so i'm trying to compare like apples and oranges admittedly here i think about it and i think about when i've encountered children who've been like splashing in a hot tub say on deck five on a on a dream class Mm -hmm. because that's all ages yeah oh and if you don't know about deck five on a dream class pro tip it is the best pretty awesome promenade deck on dream class they have like eight hot tubs hanging off the side of the ship it's pretty dope and not many people know about it and i might be shooting us in the foot by getting the word out about this but on dream class go to deck five that's often where they'll have like their ocean plaza or whatever they might call it on the ship where they'll have like trivia and stuff it might also be where you get like specialty coffees and cakes and things but really for me it's all about the outside sort of lanai area on deck five where those hot tubs are and if so if you want a hot tub to yourself or to your group your family 
your friends or whatever, your highest odds, I think, on any ship at any time, deck five, dream class. 100%. So we're talking the dream, the breeze, and the magic. Yeah. So that's just a little quick pro tip there for people who want like a little hot tub time. If you want your serene hot tub time and you're on a dream class, Serenity is not where to go. Not, it's not, deck five. It's, not for you. it's yeah. deck five. It's not a hidden deck, uh, but it seems to be something not is. a lot of people know about. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And we want you to have a good time, so we'll get the word out. And also, who knows when we'll be on a dream class next, mm-hmm. so we can spoil it. <laughs> See, uh, I, find, I find like when the kids are acting up, I find them much more annoyed and frustrated with the parents who are just allowing it to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, like it's it, like when it's like. It, when it's more than just kids kind of having fun and being kids, like when they're being disruptive and they're kind of being knowingly disruptive and that sort of stuff. And they're just kind of being little turds. Uh, <laughs> like, cause, I mean, kids act like turds. Um, and the parents just... Says a parent. Yeah, it, well, exactly. Um, so and, I think and, you're allowed. And so when the parents don't do anything, I'm much more frustrated with the parents uh, than I am with, with the children. Um, and uh, you know, I try to, you know, like lately, like the last year or so, I'm kind of like, listen, I don't know what the kid situation is. Like, I don't yeah. know if there's some sort of, you know, neurospicy thing happening where it's just autism or something or something. Right. And so yeah. I'm just like, I don't know if they're neurotypical or not. And so I'm kind of, Could I'm have gonna, Tourette's. yeah. So I'm just gonna, you know, I'm going to assume that they're like me, neurospicy and they got something where it's just, it's not as easy for them to temper themselves. And the parents know this and they know that it's for everyone involved it's a whole lot easier if they just do just run around like just wild lemurs or something i don't know um i but... swear to god every time you say neurospicy i picture neil degrasse tyson opening an only fans <laughs> <laughs> well no i like that idea so uh wait hold on what <laughs> wow um well i guess i want to cut of it if that happens Neil, if you're listening, I apologize. <laughs> and I want my check. Uh, send me on a cruise. So, but anyways, yeah, and that's interesting though, because again, you're talking about like what is bothering you, I think, on a values level. Yeah. Uh, rather than on what's like experientially impacting you, what sensory impacts I, I inputs think are you taking? In that it's respect, I think it's, it's equal. So it's almost like the part of the problem is being emotionally hijacked by the situation. Yeah. And it's uh, and it's perceived in inherent Absolutely. unfairness. Absolutely. And, and stuff like that. So that, that that's interesting. I think I take I think I have different gears that my brain operates in, and when I'm on the ship versus off the ship is different. So I think that when I'm on the ship, I'm just chilled, laid back, on vacation. I'm on cruise mode, and so for me, I'm more about the sensory impacts and any potential inconvenience to me. You know, am I going to twist my ankle because I got tripped by a kid? Am I going to get splashed by cold water when I'm in the hot tub? And maybe not like that. Maybe. Thank God I need the the, the the cool down. I don't know. Is the screaming going to give me a headache? Things like that. Whereas when I think back on it after the fact, when I'm on land again, and maybe in a Facebook group talking about it, that's when I get my ire up about like, wait a minute, this shouldn't have happened. This is unfair. And so that's interesting for me is that I have those two different modes. And so for me, like I, I noticed I, like we've been on the topic for a bit now and I still haven't answered for myself because it it's interesting the thing with children on cruise ships i find is they tend not to keep doing one thing for long yeah. in my experience so if they're screwing around at the ice cream machine which i almost never see exactly. I, we read about it on facebook all the time but i almost never see it yeah, same. uh you know if they're splashing doing cannonballs where they shouldn't if they're in serenity and they shouldn't uh whatever they might be doing you know running around screaming throwing stuff at each other i like very rarely do i see it at all but when i do see kids doing it they don't seem to keep at it for very long mm-hmm. you know whether whether it's adhd or whatever short attention span blame it on tiktok i don't care whatever it is they never keep at Object it for permanence <laughs> yeah they don't keep at it for very long so the kid inconvenience is a moment and it's gone and it's really easy to redirect if you even try to well, yeah, although, yeah, I mean, I'm That's generally not talking to other people's kids, yeah, yeah. but I, but sometimes you might need to uh, mm-hmm. if you want them to stop the behavior that's impacting you negatively, you know, uh, your rights end where mine begin and that whole philosophy. But so for me with the kids, it's short term, it's temporary, there's generally not lasting consequences to me yeah. as a bystander, as a, as a victim, yeah. uh, and, and then they move on. And so like they move on, I move on. Yep. And so for me, it's probably not the kids. And so for me, and I, you know, I was joking about woo girls, but it's as much as, I don't know, beer bros. Like, it's not gender specific. I want yeah, to be yeah, clear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I do want to make it clear that it's about people of drinking age uh, and who, you know, may or may not have the drink package and may or may not even, you know, have uh, consumed alcohol, but they're just in that party mode out uh, of a particular kind of party mode. You sort of like the frat sorority thing. It seems like where it's like every time you take a sip of a beer, you need to cheer. Mm-hmm. And uh, guys, you don't. You really don't. <laughs> but, I mean, you can. And so for me, the thing is, is that that 
persists. Yeah, it sustains. Possibly for an entire cruise. Yeah. I've been on fantasy classes where, you know, the hot tubs is constantly that. And it's rowdy. And they're splashing. And they're spilling their drinks into the... Well, and you get to the point where you like, recognize them. And you're like, oh, God, not them. And then you just turn around and just walk away. And you're like, I don't even want to today. I don't have the capacity. Um, so, yeah, no, 100% agree with you there. That can tie up, like, the complete hot tub option if you're not wanting to be around that for an entire cruise. Yeah. So they basically surgically removed the hot tubs from the cruise for you. Yeah. Uh, one way of looking at it. And that's part of it. And, like, some, like I'll see them spill their drinks into the hot tub. I don't see children do that. I've heard reports mm -hmm. of it. I don't know that I've ever seen children spill. And if they do, it's, like, the tiniest little bit of, like, a Coke or something. I've even like, seen like a tiny drinks on the hot tubs. Yeah, but it's, yeah, I, never, I don't even see that at the hot tubs. I've seen it at the Lido pool on super rare occasion. They're just walking by, yeah. and they're not holding it carefully, and so, like, it sloshes over the side a little bit, and it's like nothing. Whereas I've seen, like, you know, a third to three-quarters of a drink just, like, knocked into a pool by a drunk person mm -hmm. in the hot tubs, generally speaking. And so there's also that, and so that impact on me is greater, and the adults tend to be louder, mm -hmm. not as shrill, generally speaking, even the Woo Girls versus Children. So the potential for a headache, I mean, doesn't really, it's never really hit me. So it depends on, like, oh, is it super, you know, shrill, or is it sustained and loud, whatever. But for me, it's like, if I'm keeping score, like, it lasts longer, adults are worse, uh, contaminates the pool more. Uh, although I'm not going to talk about peeing because that's just like, I, I don't know. I don't want to know. <laughs> but so for drink contamination, adults are worse. Yep. For volume, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to call that a tie. Yeah. Uh, on the volume versus shrillness thing. I agree. But so far the adults are ahead in this contest that I hope nobody wants to win. And so here's the thing that is where really this is the, this is the big one for me is that the woo party situation feels like it has the potential to turn violent faster. Yeah. If a child decides to choose violence, we can put a stop to that pretty quick. They're yeah. smaller than us. We've got, you know, our adult parent voice we can use. We're figures of authority. We can tower over them. We can call for their parent. Like, so there's so many physically things. physically remove them and yeah. Like that. Yeah. Yeah, you know, pick them from the scruff of the neck like a kitten. No, don't do that. I'm joking. <laughs> so, like, if that happens, the worst that I see envisioning in my head uh, as a bad outcome that I'm, like, might have a little anxiety over is that kid's going to slip and hurt themselves. Yeah. Whereas... This party could become a fight very quickly, and like somebody's actually going to punch, accidentally punch me in the melee because I'll be too close to the fracas. Yeah, is sort of a possible concern, especially because like sometimes the way that people show affection for each other in like the bro situation is calling each other a holes or something. Yeah, uh, or if you are arguing over nonsense or like just getting all like you don't like my football team, so and so it's like this the like the tone of voice. The depth of the voice, um, what they're saying is so much more aggressive, even if it's meant in a friendly manner sometimes. And yeah. so, like, I think as a person, I'm like, we're just cued to signs of danger. Mm -hmm. uh, and so for the adults, it triggers more danger for me, whereas it's children, it's concern for the children. Yeah. In my case, that's my reaction to it. And so let's call that potential for escalation. I gotta, I gotta score the adults higher on that one too. Absolutely. So adults kind of win this contest you don't want to win, where uh, I think they're kind of worse. Now, having made that determination, and let's let's just pretend that I get to decide. We get to decide for everyone, Ooh. and and so it's like, okay, this is what's worse. I'm the decider. <laughs> uh, well, but what does that really mean? I mean, like, okay, that's our opinion, but like, it doesn't change anything. We're not we're not here advocating to like you know throw these people off ships, ban them from cruising, put them in the brigade, or the brigade, brig. brig, yeah, or or um, you know cut off their alcohol supply or like end the alcohol package. We're not saying any of that. Well, maybe um, the alcohol supply thing. Well, and that's that's a thing that like I think Carnival maybe could do a better job. Mm -hmm. I don't know because I haven't witnessed a lot. Like one of the things that people talk about. In our Facebook group is like, oh, there's all these fights on Carnival. And I strongly disagree with that. I've been on 27 cruises and I have yet to see a physical altercation. Yeah. I've heard things that got close. Yeah. But I've never actually seen like fists flying myself. I've seen like, you know, we've all seen some videos that have been, you know, gone viral and yeah. been shared on the internet and stuff. But I've never been on a cruise that has done that. And it's interesting because in our Facebook group, like some of them are saying like, oh, it got worse during the pandemic or after the pandemic or various factors. Oh, there was a seat. There was, there was like a big sale or a website glitch and now we're getting more fights. And I don't see that correlation at all. I, I don't like I would like to see some statistics on it. I don't think it's I don't think it's the case. I think what happens is and, and this is sort of I talked about this actually with self-driving cars on the podcast years ago. But when something, you know, when a self-driving car crashes or when there's a fight on a cruise ship, it's rare. So it's news. And so every little, 
Rinky Dink YouTuber and podcastering, you know, not not us, but like us, uh, you know, they, they make something about it. They get that video out right away. They get the views and the ad money and they're pushing it and, you know, cruise news, whatever. Yeah. Uh, it was like, and it's like, but that news affected a very small number of people, participants and any bystanders who might have had something interrupted by it. And that's kind of the end of it for the bystanders. Maybe those people got banned from cruising for life and maybe that's a good thing. Yeah. Probably a good thing if that was the outcome. But it's not news in the sense that it's not going to affect me or you practically ever and it doesn't inform us of anything well and honestly i think what people because the a there have been some videos that are like oh another fight on carnival is broken out and it's like you can just clearly tell by looking at the video that it's actually not a carnival ship um or it's so, a video like, from six years ago it didn't like, just happen either yeah either one right <laughs> and i'm just like okay no first of all or um, like or like every camera recording it is then reported as a different fight but it's actually eight people filming the same fracas from a different direction exactly <laughs> But the other thing too is Anything for the that, click. that I think people forget is Carnival is the largest fleet um, yeah, by, uh, of, far. by like a, like a force uh, multiplier. Um, like I think you so, have to add up like all the other cruise lines just to try and get like one that would be on par. Yeah, um, and so it's and so obviously because of that, yes, there are going to be more fights on because there's more people, there's more sailing, exactly. there's more ships, there's but like more every percentage, I don't think I think everyone's kind of. I mean, there's going to yeah. be there's going to be correspondingly uh, more acts of kindness as well because there's just more people and more opportunities. Exactly. I mean, yeah, more yeah. of everything. Does, does Carnival as a percentage have more fights than say like a Viking riverboat cruise? Yeah, probably. But you know, it's but they probably have more able-bodied adults. I mean, there's like also that. But, <laughs> in terms of age, for example. So, so I think it's a it's, stereotype. I admit. Yeah, I think it's I think it's an unfair um, um, accusation accusation against Carnival. I mean. Yeah, okay, like, we've definitely drunk, like, the, the carnival, you know, fruit aid. Um, <laughs> so, um, and true crime buffs, you know, it's fruit aid, not Kool-Aid. Um, and so... Well, we wouldn't want to upset a potential future sponsor. Exactly. Kool-Aid, give us a call. <laughs> this, also that, right? I could totally do a don't podcast. Wanna... I could totally do a podcast drinking Kool-Aid the whole time. No, we don't want to unfair... Purplesaurus Rex. Unfairly tag Kool-Aid. I think I have Kool-Aid in my water right now. <laughs> but, um, yeah, and so it's just like you're gonna see more videos from fights on carnival because carnival is the largest cruise line and you see more videos of every kind people forget that migrant rescues helicopter transfers medical emergencies and what you choose to do with this and the context you choose to put it in is kind of important yeah and so and and getting back to that question about sort of you know the the, the woo girls and beer bros versus the children i see see the woo girls and beer bros way more than i see children as yep. a sample size yeah on an equal number of cruises, in my mm -hmm. case, 27. So I think that's part of it, too. And, I mean, yeah, okay, it's a little irritating if I'm on a fantasy class, they've got, like, two hot tubs, not counting, like, the gym, and it's, you know, monopolized by boisterous people, but they're having fun doing their own thing, too. Uh, and so there's plenty of other things that, even on a fantasy class, I can go and Oh, fantasy uh, class is great. I love at. the fantasy class. Yeah, yeah, there's not many of them left, but, like, the, the Paradise and them, they're, they're good. Mm -hmm. uh, and so there, there's something different about every class of ship, that they all have their own different charm. Fantasy class has the amazing atriums, where in the Vista, I feel like I have to duck <laughs> for some reason. What I liked about the fantasy class is, at least the, the imagination, is their comedy club was right next to the, right under, basically, the pizza place. Yeah, that was standard. Um, the pizza, yeah, and so you just kind of, you, you finish off at the comedy club, and then you just shoot upstairs, and then pizza. Um, and it was awesome. It was, and, and like, honestly, I think I really like their, like, buffet option and spread quite a bit better, um, like on their Lido. Than... I, I found the salad was better on Fantasy Class. Yeah, so, yeah. I, you know, people, people like to dunk on the Fantasy Class for being a tiny, tiny, tiny ship, and I, you know. Well, and they are an older ship, but they, you know, they get renovations and stuff like that, but, yeah, and I think that design of the comedy club sort of at the back, I think that's standard, because I saw it on the Inspiration, I saw it on, um, the Fascination, the Sensation, the Paradise, so I don't know about every single Fantasy Class, but I think everyone I've sailed on it's been like that and so the trick of that if you do happen to find yourself on the um on the fantasy class is you go to the comedy club and you're looking at the stage and you watch the show when the show ends there's a sliding door exit on either either one or both sides of the stage depending on the ship you're on you go through that sliding door that takes you outside you go up the external stairs and in and that will take you if not directly to pizza to the to the buffet uh, and then possibly pizza, like you might have to go a little further back. Yeah. Uh, but that's the shortcut. If you want to try and get ahead of the crowd who's leaving the comedy club and you want to get ahead of them in line for pizza, that's how you do it. Because often 
I believe it's Serenity that's behind the comedy club because, yeah, they have the signs that say Serenity. Yeah. So yeah. assuming you're an adult and you probably went to an adult show, uh, go through that door, go up, I think, two flights of stairs, should get you to deck 10, I believe, and that's where pizza and food, other food is, beat the crowd, yeah. uh, beat the rush from the comedy post, club. Post-comedy club pizza hits different. Like, I, like, that was my favorite time to have the pizza was, like, either, like, right before bed, which I know is really bad for you, but I don't care. Don't come at me. Um, or <laughs> Bring like, Tums. <laughs> yeah, or, like, right after a comedy club, uh, like, show, especially, like, the late night ones. Those just hit different. I love those stupid gluten and sensitivity or sensitivity. Uh, it might force you to be responsible or not like I'm anyone to talk, but, yeah. Uh, and so one of the things that I've enjoyed doing is going to the deli like within a half hour of it closing. I don't want to be the guy that shows up right before close, but like within an hour to a half hour of closing. And, and, and so then I'm not stuck with just pizza as an option and go get like, you know, a meatball sub or something or a Cubano or something, yeah. uh, grilled cheese. Uh, and so that, that can be, that can be a nice alternative to break up the pizza thing. Cause when you go on as many cruises as I do, you get a lot of pizza, a lot of that pizza too, especially <laughs> if you like pizza as much as I do. So that's another potential late night snacking strategy. And of course, uh, midnight buffet, is kind of back, but kind of not. And so I'm on the Venetia and I'd heard about Midnight Buffet. And I remember on some of our early ones, like on the Breeze trip years ago, there was like, you know, sometimes on some, some nights it'd be like a Mexican buffet at midnight yeah. or something like that. And I'm like, Mexican food right, right at midnight? Like that, I don't know. Uh, a little late for Mexican food in my mind, but you know, sometimes it'd be fine. Um, and so that had seemed to go the way of the dodo and that was like, oh my gosh, another cost cutting thing at Carnival that I was kind of internally whinging about. I don't remember if I mentioned it here on the podcast specifically or not, but that was one of those things. And so when I was on the Venetia, I think it was like on the first sea day or something, I saw on the fun times in the app in the hub app that there was like, yeah, sort of like a midnight buffet of sorts or late eats, late night eats, something like that. That, that was yeah. like from like 1130 to like 130 or something like that. Uh, and so... I didn't experience what apparently this old midnight buffet used to be like because people came out of the woodwork in our Facebook group to basically like they were stands for this old style of midnight buffet, which apparently was a very specific thing that I never experienced even years ago. And so apparently what it used to be like is ice sculptures and carved like fruit and it was almost elegant and there was tons of food and it sounded better than dinner. Was this in and the 80s when we had money? Like maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I, I didn't have money in the 80s, but okay. Not we as in like the economy. Well, yeah, I mean, how much of that money was real? <laughs> Savings and loan scandal and, you know, inflated various yeah. things. But this is not the economics podcast, uh, despite me nearly having a degree in it. So yeah, I think like I think it was uh, of the 80s where maybe it was at its height and its norm. And I don't know when it would have been eliminated. But like, so people accused me of being a liar because like people were like, oh, the Midnight Buffet's back. And people were like, no, it's not. And I was like, yes, it has. I ate there last week, I would say. And they're like, no. And I'm like, don't tell me what I did, what I experienced. Yeah. I was there. I have pictures. Yeah. Uh, I, I have receipts. Actually, I don't think I did take pictures because I was always tired. Midnight. Yeah. Anyways. And I was just loading up on chicken tenders and honey mustard because it's pretty good. The pizza they had out wasn't that fantastic. Um, they had some other stuff too. Sam some sandwiches that were kind of dry. I mean, it's all under one of those salamander things, so it dries out pretty fast. But yeah. uh, the chicken tenders were pretty good. They were tender. And they were they were relatively moist, and I had it through a lot of the cruise up until basically Sam started giving me a hard time for it and talking about how like oh, I was bad for your diet. And I'm like, yeah, all right, adult. And so for me, like it was at midnight, and it was a buffet. It, it like it was buffet service. It was in the buffet midnight buffet. Yeah. Like how could I have known that for a certain demographic of people, maybe that like midnight buffet meant like. I don't know, put on a three-piece suit, wear white tails. Like, how elegant was it? I don't know. How big of an event was it? I don't know. But as far as I'm concerned, there's some tasty snacks available at midnight that's not pizza, and that's something to be celebrated. <laughs> that's an improvement on not having that thing. So the people who are saying, like, it doesn't exist, I'm like, okay, like, there's some nuance here, and it kind of caught me unawares because I didn't know. And so, like, I wasn't lying, but, like, Maybe there, maybe it's one of those things where, like, if you capitalize Midnight and Buffet, capital M, capital B, maybe then it's, like, the 80s, like, big to-do. <laughs> and then, like, if it's lowercase, maybe that's, like, the new thing. That's, like, the cheap knockoff of that, but still kind of awesome to have. Oh, my uh, goodness like, Maybe that's what we need to do. I'm just thinking of this now. But I'm like, maybe that's how we can make it clear when we're talking about what kind of Midnight Buffet. Because people got big mad. Yeah. Like, calling me all sorts of names and other people, too. And we're all, like, gaslighting them and lying. And it's not the same. And I'm like, whoa, I never said it was the same. But they were like, you said it's back. And I'm like... Because Carnival said it's back. 
So I'm just parroting what pa- Carnival said. Well, and Sorry. even John Heald had to take like three or four at-bats before the nuance came through. Even for me, I like to think I'm a reasonably smart and calm guy that I was reading like the stuff that he was posting because people were sharing it at me to either bolster what I was saying or like attack me uh and so it took him like a few go rounds he was like okay it's not the midnight buffet of old but it is a buffet at midnight that has food and here's and and then he just like gave a full list of all the food and i found that on the venetia at least there was a little bit of variance but that was a transatlantic and whatever Mm -hmm. but the fact is i think that having a midnight buffet or like do i have to call it something else is there like like is that the problem like because like late night eats some i don't it's a pain. having food late at night yeah but i think that it's it's a good thing to have and these people who are like like i wonder about these people who want like you know the the ice sculptures and fruit carvings and whatever the hell else used to apparently happen would they rather there be no options but pizza at that time do they would they prefer that those chicken tenders be locked away somewhere would that be better I mean, for them obviously <laughs> are they just so attached and upset to this thing that's gone and i mean hey I kind of get it. I miss the chocolates on the pillow. And those yeah. th- those haven't been around for a very long time. And I'm still hung up on it a little bit. Yeah. I'm and not the pens. Go- oh, and I like the pens too, the triangle pens. So they didn't roll. Those those were great. But I'm not going to get like angry at some stranger on Facebook because like yeah. <laughs> I don't get it. So yeah, like there there is a form of Midnight Buffet. It is back. And it's kind of nice. I like it. So come at me in the comments, I guess. Uh, like, yeah, drive you... up our engagement. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, do you honestly think that the fact that it isn't perfect means we shouldn't have it at all? <laughs> and if so, please explain. It's <laughs> like, how do chicken tenders upset you? I want to know. <laughs> and, Tem- and point not to on the pizza. chicken tenders where it hurt you. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's people who are going to say like, oh, well, Carnival's like using this as an excuse not to do the bigger thing. Or they're saying they're calling it the wrong thing. They're misleading people, false advertising. I could kind of understand and like, that. Maybe that's true. But why get mad at me? Yeah, <laughs> I'm no more carnival. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> and also it's it, but they're bringing something back. Is it the thing you wanted? Maybe not, but or, it's something. Or maybe we get away from the term back and just like they're providing something that new. Or but I mean, or they're it, providing something. It's they're bringing food back at midnight or mm-hmm. at late at night, and yeah. they didn't do that before. They cut it out during COVID or something like that, and now they and it is oh long, long before that, or, long before, or that. long before COVID, and now I would hey, I, I would have been a staple at those uh, if, if it hadn't been necessarily because from my experience it was almost always Mexican themed, mm-hmm. and so like I didn't want to have, like kind of spicy food like yeah. salsa and stuff right before going to sleep. So but if it hadn't been Mexican, uh, then I would have been there. Mm-hmm. pretty consistently and how do I know this because on the Venetia I was there really consistently yeah. like people started remembering me and they were like hey I remember you from last night and I'm not talking staff yeah. <laughs> I'm talking guests and they were like oh you let me cut in front of you last time so it's your turn and I'm like okay that's weird sure thanks but it's like you know Carnival will bring things back or change them or change them or things. whatever but like but but let's let's go back let's use the word back you know because they'll start like re or they've reintroduced Let's say, you know, a thing that they removed previously for whatever reason, and they're reintroducing it, repackaging. We could call it, it the lesser midnight. But and, so, is it is it not exactly what you wanted? No, but it's re, you know, again, we're reintroducing something. Yeah. So, how about we just celebrate progress and not worry so much about perfection? And you can still bang down Carnival's door, but you can do it without like attacking your fellow cruisers. Be like, hey, great that you brought this back. Some watermelon would be great. Add yeah. watermelon to it, please. Like, maybe, like, incremental improvements or something. Maybe we can slowly get some of those things you want back. But, I mean, did, like, did like you know, carving fruit, like, carving a flower into the side of a watermelon really make, like, that much of a difference to you? They still do that at different mm-hmm. times. Yeah. Generally, like, a sea day where they do, like, the chocolate extravaganza. That's where you, I often see it. Yeah. So you still get that experience. And, okay, it's kind of fun. It's nice to see. And it maybe warms your heart and entertains you and stuff. And that's nice. But, uh, like, does that provide you the same value as, like, food? (laughs) And so maybe, like, let's advocate for, okay, cool, Carnival, now, like, but we, but we want more options. Yeah. Like, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, more vegetarian gluten-free. Yes. For example. Definitely the Um, gluten-free. And things like that. Because sometimes I have a little bit of fruit out and stuff, but it's like the pizza's not gluten-free and the chicken tenders aren't, aren't like, you know, vegan or whatever. Uh, Well, neither is. And certainly not vegetarian. Uh, well, and yeah, the deli closes like 10 or 11, depending on your ship and sailing. Sure. And so for the midnight thing, like you could expand it a little bit. Yeah. Bring out some chocolate milk or something. I know you where you keep them. I've gone in there on occasion and grabbed chocolate milk. Well, maybe I shouldn't. There, There's chilled things that sometimes under the buffet. Uh, <laughs> and so like, 
get somebody to grab one of those and put it out. Yeah. <laughs> That's not a huge, like, and then, like, is it a huge expense if people consume it? I don't know, but I think that, like, yeah, I, I think we can advocate for something being better while still giving a tiny bit of grace and appreciation for the fact that we're given something that we, we haven't had for many years. Yeah. Or ever, depending on how you want to define the whole bloody thing. <laughs> it's funny how people get worked up over something as silly as chicken tenders, though. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of entertaining and interesting. Okay, so uh, for our last topic, because we are tired, <laughs> when is the best month to take a cruise? What are, what are your thoughts? Ooh. Well, certainly not the summer months. Um, I mean, definitely in the bumper season. Um, so, I mean, I would advocate like late November. Yeah, probably November. November's good. Yeah, November's on my list. I have a list I prepared. Yeah, like November, December, January. Um, but in December, there's a just a window, uh, like the first like week or two of December. Um, yeah, I always find myself like going to Ensenada in the first week of December for so many years. Yeah. yeah. Not this year, sadly, but it just, it always seems to happen because it tends to be a good deal. Yeah, November, I think like November through to April, I think are the best months. Um, and then, because it just starts getting expensive after that. Yeah, and so I actually did prepare a little bit for this one. As the host of the Vacation Impossible podcast, I like to ambush my guests and then have maybe something prepared myself so I look smart. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so in this case, I gave it some thoughts. I wanted to give sort of a thought-out answer for this one, some actual advice. So uh, some bad times to go. And I mean, honestly, the best month to take a cruise is any month. Just go. I mean, there's <laughs> So like any month. Uh, any month with a vowel in it, go. Uh, and take me. <laughs> but uh, so like the not as good, the less ideal months. May to September because some uh, summer break yeah and so that doesn't go like cover necessarily all of September but like let's say the first week or two of September might be included in that depending on various start times I know that a lot of schools in the US start in August but in Canada it's generally right after Labor Day and then there's some that might be a bit delayed I think some private schools might be off by a week or two yeah. plus or minus and so from May to September summer break is problematic because it's more expensive it's when teachers are not in school and students are not in school and so those two groups of people are looking to travel and those are not insubstantial numbers of people yeah because also the children go with the grandparents, the parents, the cousins, the everybody. Uh, and so it's not just those people, but it's like the teacher's spouses and the teacher's children and things like that exactly. as well. And so summer's very busy for that. And that drives up cost. And it also means that certain various things, whether it's cruise or not, could be more crowded. So like, you know, the cruises generally sail full. But if you're going to Mazatlan and it's hot in Mazatlan and like you want to go to El Cid, but El Cid's fully booked because it's the summer. Yeah. So it's not just the cruise, but it's like the excursions, excursions and the destinations, the travel, the flight, the cost, the hotels of all of that. Uh, and it availability. all compounds. Yeah, the cost and availability of all of that might be um, not as ideal. Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, and then there's December winter break as well. And that's why I find myself like for some reason, December 5th on many, many years, I'm always on a cruise ship. Not this year. Makes me sad. But most years... For some reason, December 5th, I'm always on a cruise ship, either beginning or end of a cruise. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, like the first couple of weeks of December. Yeah, yeah. but then once you hit mid-December, it becomes problematic again because, again, the students and teachers yeah. have their break. Exactly. And they deserve a cruise too, and it's cold. Mm -hmm. And so it could even be worse then, although it might be mitigated by Christmas and New Year's. I mean, that tends to drive up costs. So much. Are people more inclined to cruise at Christmas or New Year's or less? I'm less. She would really like to. I would like to, but I've, I've so. having looked at the, the prices Cost. for, uh, especially like New Year's sailing, because I think that's the thing I'd like to do more than anything is a New Year's sailing. Well, actually, I'd like to do that. I don't want to do Christmas. I do want to do Halloween sailing, I want to do more than anything. Uh, <laughs> Halloween um, is, is definitely. That's like my thing. Yeah. Uh, but like a New Year's sailing, I think would be absolutely fantastic. Like, not, you know, not talking like transatlantics, but. Um, um, but I looked, I've looked at those, uh, prices, uh, for New Year's sailings and the prices are astronomical, um, like more so than summer sailings. Um, so it's just like, you know, where a sailing would be, you know, $200 for like for a three day or four day, um, you know, in January, it'll mm -hmm. be like 13, $1,400, yeah. um, for the same, same cabin. And you're just like, damn. Yeah, and like all the balconies to be booked also. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so another another problematic time is March and April for spring break. Now, mm. different schools, jurisdictions have different spring breaks. My first True. ever cruise was on a spring break. Woo girls everywhere. Yeah. Calling back to our previous topic. And and, and the beer bros. Mm. Uh, you know, hopefully those are okay labels. I hope I don't get in trouble for those labels. But And so, like, it was really, really boisterous, really loud, no hot tub availability, a lot of heavy drinking on my first cruise, and that was during spring break. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until later that I realized I was also paying a substantial premium 
if I had gone like a month uh, sooner or later, it would have been like half the price probably. Yeah. Uh, and so I learned that later. And so we've given you a lot of months that are less than ideal. What have we not ruled out? What does that leave? So that leaves January, February, October, November, and maybe the beginning of September, or no, the end. end of September and the beginning of December. So let's talk about that a little bit more. January and February, I think, makes sense for a couple of reasons. It's early in the year, and a lot of people like don't get their vacation time approved right away. A lot of businesses don't start thinking about the new year until it's the new year. Mm -hmm. And so depending on how quickly vacation approval process happens, they like... A lot of businesses and, and, and sort of my day job, we start the process November, December. So you can book January. It's okay. Yeah. But because it's just so common that that's sort of our way of thinking that people don't, are, they don't travel then even when they are able to. Well, and they're also like paying off their holiday bills and all that. That was the next thing yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> exactly. They got the Christmas credit card debt as well. Or, you know, maybe they drank away all their money at New Year's. Yeah. Uh, so, and, and there's that as well. And February's got Valentine's Day. So that, that can be a bit of a factor. But so I find generally January is pretty cheap. It mm -hmm. might be one of the, if not, the, it might be the cheapest month of the year to go on a cruise. And so, so like, I think my $26 cruise was in January. Yeah, it was. And our current booked cruise is for January, January. just not the next one. <laughs> it's the one after that. Uh, and so January can be a very cost-effective time. And the thing, if, if you think about it, it's actually a really smart time to travel. A lot of people are not going to be taking that time off of work, so you can probably get the time approved, no problem. Get ahead of... Well, actually, that's another problem. Is some workplaces, you have to earn your vacation before you use it. So those people, unless weird. you have carryover, you're kind of screwed for January. But if you're able to... Uh, you might even be doing the business a favor because if everyone's trying to take that time off in like December for Christmas, holidays, or just to burn their vacation at the end of the year, if you start taking it in January, you're being responsible. You're taking the pressure off of that time of year. The business might, your supervisor might appreciate that. Your HR department might appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, so there's, there's also that. And also, uh, depending on where you live, I mean, almost regardless of where you live, if you're in the Northern Hemisphere, it's going to be colder. Not necessarily cold if you're like in LA or Florida, but if you're further north, it'd be cold. <laughs> and so why not go somewhere warm when it's cold? That's what Isabella likes to do. Mm -hmm. And so That's what I like to do. Yeah, and so January, February actually makes a lot of sense for that. Take your sweetie on that Valentine's Day cruise. It might actually not cost you huge. It'll be more than like mid early January, but it'll be cheaper than probably June. Yeah. And so that can still be a nice thing to do. And so yeah, January, February, watch for Valentine's Day. That might have a, a temporary spike in prices, but most of January, February is good. And so so the latter part of September is great for travel generally because people are back at school and they're in their new fall routine. And so they're not generally thinking about travel. See, I disagree with you on the latter part of September for cruising. Um, and that's because the hurricane season is still very much in full swing. Um, and so that becomes a problem for a lot of people who they may have their cruises redirected. They may not have their, they may have their cruise just canceled entirely. Um, so there's a lot of things there. So I, that's why I'm thinking that for me, I eliminated, um, um, September, um, entirely a because of the school thing and then afterwards because of the the tail end of the hurricane season which does these days now extends into october um and so for and because for me i'm all about like october being halloween it's like unless i'm cruising like on halloween you know i'm probably more focused on prepping the house for halloween so that's for me why i've eliminated september and october yeah and 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 fair enough admittedly my advice does not factor in hurricanes because, and I might, this might end up on my tombstone one day. I fear no hurricane on a cruise. <laughs> well, because you, yeah, you, you, you've actually had fun on with the hurricanes, basically. Well, well, yes, ish, it, it, sort of. I mean, I've had fun in rough waters. Yeah. In terms of like of the hurricane, though, we tried to go to Bermuda, and Hurricane Joaquin sat between Florida and uh, Bermuda. We got diverted to the Virgin Islands and Grand Turk, and so we still had a great oh, time. Nice. Yeah. And so, but the thing is, is the ship can sail around the hurricane. It might impact you potentially if like the port city is hit. Yeah, it could get canceled, uh, or you know, you might be delayed on the ship oh no a couple extra days added to your cruise at no cost or extra hours that happened uh there were high winds it wasn't a hurricane high winds kept us out of the port of tampa for an additional eight hours uh and coincidentally there was a blizzard in chicago at the same time so my flight got delayed and canceled pushed back anyways and then i got the distressed traveler discount on a hotel at an intercontinental in tampa that night uh so like the stars aligned the one time yeah. i was late coming into port because of it so maybe i've had you know a semi-charmed life in that regard and I, I don't know what i'm talking about and so there's a big, big asterisk in my recommendations that I am not factoring in hurricanes because 
I when I travel, if my ports get changed, I'm pretty cool with it. I mean, I don't generally book third party, so unless I'm going to Mahogany Bay and Daniel Johnson's, like. I'm cool with my ports totally changing last minute. Oh yeah, no, that's we... exciting adventure for me. Where for other people, and I mean, Tom Parks talks about this. The difference between uh, like uh, what was it, a traveler and an adventurer? The traveler's best hope is to have their expectations met. Whereas the adventurer is going to have an adventure. Yeah. And they'll be excited by whatever comes. And so I don't get worked up about, oh, I can't go to Grand Turk. Instead, I'm going to Jamaica or something. I'm oh, like, hey, Jamaica. 100%. No, I'm, I'm absolutely the same with you on that res- in that respect. But I'm talking like if we're recommending to people, I would probably be like, if you have your heart set on a specific... Um, if it's know, a trip of a lifetime and you have to go to... Bermuda. Where, yeah. Bahamas. Wherever. And it's like, then I would recommend avoiding hurricane season. That's fair. That's fair. And so... And and with climate change, this could be subject to change. So, yeah, you know, true. like keep, you know, I'll let you do your own hurricane research from mm-hmm. my point of view. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, and, but I, uh, your your point's well taken. So I'll take September out. I'll take September out. Uh, go go to the Six Flags in September because there there's go. no lines. It's amazing. Uh, not a guarantee, but that's been my experience. So yeah, in September go to Six Flags. Don't take the cruise, uh, <laughs> which is weird for me to say. In any context, don't take the cruise. No, take the cruise. But um, yeah, so basically, uh, for me, October, November works in october there's canadian thanksgiving in november there's american thanksgiving there's also uh remembrance day in canada which is what veterans day or memorial day veterans, veterans day? day veterans day in the united states and so those particular holidays can have sh- temporary spikes of cost yeah. and drops of availability and possible travel chaos as people might be going home to argue with their family about politics for thanksgiving Yay. but so watch out for those particular dates potentially uh, but generally speaking, most of the month of November and uh, October is pretty cost effective. Mm-hmm. So for ease of travel and cost effective travel and available bookings, to me, it's four months. January, February, October, November. That's my personal recommendation. Yeah. Those four months. If you want ease of travel, available hotels and things yeah. and flights and lower costs on everything. Yeah, I would, I would agree with you on that. So that is, uh, but really the best month to take a cruise is uh, uh, whatever month you're existing in. <laughs> so, yeah. And so on, the, on the, I, th- I think that positive note, we'll probably mm-hmm. call this podcast to a close as it's getting late and we're tired here in Portland. But thank you so much for tuning in to the Vacation Impossible podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to us on YouTube. Check out our Patreon if you want to support us as little as a dollar a month, as much as $3 a month, depending on your currency. And you can help us go on further adventures. Check out our Facebook group if you're interested in cruising with Carnival. Uh, it's Carnival VIFP Club members. So it's facebook.com slash groups slash Carnival VIFP Club. Also check us out on our various social media. We've got lots of pictures on Instagram. We've got short little videos on TikTok, uh, all sorts of stuff. We have uh, witty anecdotes on Twitter on occasion, Twitter X, whatever they're calling it now. So Vacay Impossible over there. The app formerly known as. Yeah. And uh, if you are listening to us on a platform that allows you to give a review like iTunes, please do give the podcast a review. Uh, we love five stars, but we would uh, prefer honesty. <laughs> so, uh, you know, give us the honest truth. But uh, also, if you wanted to reach out to us to respond to anything we've said, uh, to suggest a topic, make a request, you can reach us through those various social media channels. Obviously, uh, priority is given to Patreon supporters uh, for topic suggestion, but you can also email us at team at vacationimpossible.ca. Uh, that's right, we're Canadian.ca. So uh, thank you so much for tuning in, and uh, we'll hope to catch you in the next podcast. But we have no idea when that will be. Hopefully we don't have to wait to 2025. But that might be up to you, dear audience. So thank you so much for your support. We hope to be talking to you again soon. Bye-bye.